Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and welcome to the February 2018 CTSS quiz. It's February, I think it's the Olympics, but also before we do the Olympics, we gotta do our quiz. So, the most likely diagnosis in this 50-ish year old female is, and if you look at the images, let's look there first. There's a large mass in the periodic region extending toward the right kidney surrounding the aorta. You don't see the IVC, you see the pancreas is pushed, and then look at the coronal view. You see how extensive the process is. Now I guess one could consider, could this be an adrenal mass growing down where the, all the planes are gone? Could this be something from or near the pancreas or from the IVC or a sarcoma? Well, when you notice the IVC is basically gone. Now, of course, tumors, whether it's renal, adrenal, pancreas, can compress and narrow and often invade the IVC, particularly from renal and from adrenal. But the kidney looks good. There's not a renal cell. And you can think about lymphoma, but it's just only in this one area, which can happen, but usually not. It's not fatty attenuation, and liposarcomas tend to displace rather than invade typically. This was an IVC sarcoma. This was a primary sarcoma of the IVC. They are rare, but do occur, and what happens is you lose the IVC, and you can't really tell the boundaries. It's interesting, you don't see the collaterals. When you have a tumor that, like renal cell that involves the IVC, often there are significant collaterals. I've noticed with primary IVC sarcomas, you often do not. This is a great case. This is a patient with myeloma with abdominal pain. What's the best diagnosis? Well, what you look at is you see that the patient's, it looks like the cecum or ileum, it's hard to say what it is. There's bowel in the right lower quadrant that's markedly thickened. There's some high density. It looks like it's bleeding. And in fact, this patient presented with GI bleeding and it's mass-like. Of course, you can say maybe this is lymphoma, maybe it's a sarcoma, maybe it's a giant adenocarcinoma. That's all possibilities, but the patient has myeloma. We don't want to give them a second diagnosis, and we have the bleeding. Well, it's not ischemic bowel, and it really doesn't look like diverticulitis. If you told me it was small bowel lymphoma, I would have a hard time arguing with you, but this was tiflitis. Tiflitis involves a cecum. It's immunosuppressed patient, which this was, and it can perforate and uh, high morbidity, high mortality. This patient did survive, but it was not easy. And you can see the areas of hemorrhage, which are a bit unusual in tiflitis. The patient has abdominal pain, and I ask you what's the best diagnosis. Well, two things you note. On the image on your right, you see several enhancing masses in the right lower quadrant. And oh yes, there is a liver lesion. And then when you look carefully on the image on your left, you see an enhancing lesion in the ileum. So what give you mesenteric masses and a small bowel mass? This is not appendicitis. I guess it could be lymphoma. The lymphoma tends to be bulkier and the, and the mesenteric masses or nodes do not enhance. It doesn't look like adenocarcinoma for similar reasons. This is a classic small bowel carcinoid tumor. The primary tumor, distal ileum, enhances and the mesenteric masses have some desmoplastic reaction and enhance as well. A beautiful example of a small bowel carcinoid tumor. Sometimes it's hard to see the bowel tumor itself, but you need to look carefully, and in this case, the MIP imaging was indeed very helpful. The best diagnosis in this 40-year-old female is, you look at the images, you see a cystic mass in the body of the pancreas, 
And when you have a cystic lesion, there's a big differential. But here you see multiple kind of like waves or striations within the lesion or septations, very nicely accentuated on the cinematic rendering as well. If this was an IPMN, it would be a carcinoma in an IPMN. This does not have the look of a serous tumor, and it doesn't have the look of a cystic neuroendocrine tumor, which has rim enhancement. This is classic location, classic age, classic sex from mucinous cystic neoplasm or MCN. And at surgery, this had ovarian stroma, which is what you're looking at, making the diagnosis. MCNs, because they have an incidence of malignancy, will be removed. The most likely diagnosis in this patient with endocarditis is, now two things you look at that are shown better on the venous than the arterial are multiple wedge-shaped lesions in the kidneys bilaterally and multiple wedge-shaped lesions in the spleen. Now the kidneys and the splenic lesions you can see on the arterial but it's better shown on venous. So what involves both organs? Well, you could say renal abscess, but that doesn't explain the spleen, and you can say acute pylo, and that doesn't explain the spleen, and it's not simply perfusion changes. This is a beautiful example of infarcts. The kidney lesions are very much wedge-shaped, so are the splenic lesions. Endocarditis can give you infarcts anywhere, and this is a beautiful example of multi-organ involvement by infarction from endocarditis. A beautiful example. This patient had flank pain, and I asked you what the best diagnosis is. This is not the trickiest of cases. Large retroperitoneal mass elevating the aorta off the spine, displacing the uh, left kidney upward, involving the psoas muscle. It's not a bleed. It's a tumor. It's not a neurofibroma. Usually that displaces, but is low attenuation. Liposarcomas are typically low attenuation. This was a spindle cell sarcoma. Now, I will admit, occasionally liposarcomas do not show any fat and just so soft tissue density. So if you said a liposarcoma, which is the most common retroperitoneal sarcoma, I would have a hard time arguing with you 100%. But the best answer and the correct answer was a spindle cell sarcoma. Most likely diagnosis in this 30-ish year old. You look at the axial images, you see a regularity of the small bowel. It's thickened, there's enhancement, there's prominence into the mesentery and small nodes. And when you look at the 3D, you beautifully see the terminal ileum is hyper-enhancing all the way to the cecum. You can see the uh, gastrocolic, or rather the ileocolic vessels going to it, very prominent. And this is a beautiful example of Crohn's disease. Active Crohn's, you talk about a halo, you talk about a comb sign, you talk about prominent enhancement and inflammation. It's not ischemic bowel, it's not GVH, and it's not diverticulitis. Beautiful example of Crohn's disease. This case is a little bit of semantics, but the most specific diagnosis in this case is, well, when you look at the pancreas, essentially all but the distal tail, it's low density with a mottled appearance. And this has been described in the literature. When you see this mottled appearance, even though you don't see air, this is pancreatic necrosis. So this patient has necrosis of probably 90% of the pancreatic gland. This is not a pseudocyst, it's not autoimmune pancreatitis, and it's not just simply acute pancreatitis. I mean, really it is acute pancreatitis, but the key finding is, is the pancreatic necrosis. And this is a beautiful example that mottled appearance is so, so classic. Patient has an FUO and weight loss, what's the best diagnosis? 
The thing that's most impressive in this case beyond the ascites is the multiple splenic lesions that are very vascular. Lymphoma can involve the spleen, but it's not vascular. Tuberculosis can involve the spleen, but it's not vascular. Melanoma can involve the spleen and liver, but it's not vascular. Angiosarcoma is the one that gives you vascular tumor. This is an unusual case because we hardly ever see angiosarcomas, but this was an angiosarcoma which involved both liver and the spleen. I admit the liver lesions were hard to see, and on these images I really don't see them. The splenic lesions were impressive. As I mentioned, I hardly have any angiosarcomas, very rare tumor. Remember, it used to be associated with thoracitis and vinyl chloride poisoning, but they do occur, and this was the case. Just look at the images carefully. Look at the vascularity in the spleen. This patient's post-stab wound, then what's the best diagnosis? Very nicely on the uh, image on your left, the routine coronals, you see contrast extravasation. Images on your right, you see the contrast extravasation. But now as part of the CTA, you show the patient's uh, axillary artery to brachial artery. This patient has an injury of the patient's uh, axillary artery, which you can see on the MIP imaging, and you see the active extravasation. This is not spasm. Uh, this is an active bleed, but you can see exactly the irregularity. You can see where the bleed is. So with that, the best answer is laceration of the axillary artery with active bleed. So that's 10 tremendously terrific top 10 cases. Hope you enjoyed the quiz and hope to see you next time. Have a great day.